0: Ah, oh, Houston, I'm watching the footy. Let's find out which G'day, legend. What's going on, mate? Oh, not much. Uh,
1: look, mate, I just, I just got a call from Doc. Um, mate, Adaline's going to be a late withdrawal. He's confirmed Adaline is oh going to be a late withdrawal. Get to your computer.
0: To the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on here with Chizo and Houston. Houston, just tell us a little bit about yourself there, mate. G'day, Chizo. Um Look, I have been with Dr.
1: Supercoach for the last year or so. Um, finished up in the top 1,500 last year, so hoping to push into the top 1,000 this year. Made a few rookie errors, so we'll roll those out this year and um, yeah, move forward and look forward to getting the most dominant Supercoach page going. What about you,
0: Cheezo? Uh, well, I've only just recently come on to the Doc Supercoach team. Um, I've finished top 1,000 a couple times previously, but um, I won't go into details on last year. It was uh, a, a bit of an issue with lockout and logging in and a few too many beers and Rowan and Buick, but we won't go into that. Um, we're going to start off and just kick off with uh, last night's game, richmond and Carlton. The Tigers ended up getting up uh, by nine points at it helped that they kick straight. Carlton actually had one more scoring scoring shot, but fell nine points short. And it was a uh, a really good improvement under Brendan Bolton, don't you think, there, Houston?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's good. I'm a Carlton supporter myself, and it might be Poor a bit biased, nice, but usually you expect it every year it's um, you, you're coming out and there's always a little bit of a glimmer of hope as a Carlton supporter, but in this case we, uh, we showed a bit of fight and it was good to see the young young kids out mm. there with weedering and, um, and carriage new recruits, so yeah, good thoughts on the game, good starts yeah. of the season, so let's, let's go through this match.
0: Yeah, well, uh, just on top of that, uh, being an Essendon supporter, I think I'm kind of in the same boat where the thing that gets us excited about football is those young blokes that are going to be good in five years' time. You know, like, I, I just can't wait until the... Like, at the start of the season, I just can't wait till the uh, the NAB draft. That's just what I'm looking for. I'm, yeah. I'm looking to see who we get with that number one pick. Oh, so good, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go through last night's game. Um, yeah. How did you see it from a Carlton perspective? Any improvement? Oh, it was...
1: I, I couldn't believe that we actually played a full game through, and the, it really shows the mentality of the boys has uh, it stepped up so much from last season like last season if someone's in a bad situation that's it they're in the bad situation they get done they get a free kick against them and that's it last night it was good to see everyone huddling up and making sure that if one person was in a bad situation they were all in that's been their motto Mm. so yeah from a car perspective i was extremely happy
0: and I think that's the thing with Brendan Bolton. Coming from such a well drilled unit at Hawthorne is going to bring a lot of that um, flow on effect. The same thing that um, uh, Simpson did with West Coast. You know, it took him a couple of seasons. They ended up making a grand final. I'm not saying that that's going to happen with Carlton, but. Um, yeah. You know they they've come from a well-drilled unit. They know how to play the game. They know what's successful, and you can already see that Carlton is um, really they're spreading so much more. Like they dominated through the midfield last year uh, last night, um, yeah. and if you look at the the super coach scores um, pre-scaled, only one Richmond player got over a hundred points on the night, and there was one, two, three, four, five, six uh, Carlton blokes and. Oh, I don't know if you can really say on Andreas Everett's a big gun, but you've got Gibbs, Murphy, Doherty, Cripps, Simpson. They were all named in the guts, Doherty and Simpson, on a wing rather than in defence this year. And yeah. they all just racked it up. Like, the touches that they have um, were just ridiculous. Um, Gibbs, 30. Murphy, 27. Simpson, 31. Doherty, 29. Nick Graham, 23. It's... Um, you know, it's exciting times to be a Carlton supporter. I think there's a lot of upside compared to what they were last year being easy beats. Oh,
1: yeah. 100, 100%. Couldn't agree more with you. It's, it, it's exciting, but, um, you know, we, we've got to get the wins on the board and that'll just mm. come with time, I guess. But credit to Richmond as well. We, pushed, we, we played really well. Carlton were playing top-notch. We made a couple of bad mistakes and whatnot, but Richmond really... Like they managed to keep with us the, the whole game. They kicked away at the end and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it just shows how experienced of a team they are. When when you have so a youthful team such as Carlton just coming at them like that, you've you got to show a bit of poise and stand up to them. Yeah. Which I'm, yeah, I'm sure Richmond supporters would be happy that they actually did that and didn't go down as a, the first embarrassing loss of the season.
0: Yeah, and I've got a bit of a difficult question for you. I know you've been umming and ahhing about this all night. Who do you have the biggest man crush on now? Is it still Cripps or is it Jacob Weedering now? Has he moved his way into your biggest poster on your wall? Oh, no.
1: How do you propose this question to I me? Mean, <laughs> one, one game in. It has to be Cripper. I've watched him all last year. That I, I, From my perspective, it's of course it's a biased perspective, but um, he'll win a Brownlow easy in my eyes, yeah. but Widaring will be—he—he he looks incredibly poised out there. Like he had a bit of a shaky start last night, but when the ball started finding him a little bit more, he—he—he's a no-frills player. He just takes it as it comes, and um, yeah, he's got a very cool head. So, all in all, it's going to be a great comp- uh, combination to, to answer your question. I'd definitely go with Cribs, though. He's just so exciting. <laughs> um, he's, hes the next Juddy for me. When we got Juddy, that was a highlight of my life. So, yeah. There
0: was that was like me with um, BJ Goddard. I just I couldn't couldn't just uh, keep it contained. I was so excited, I thought we were actually gonna finally do well one of these years, but not to be. <laughs> um the best thing about Jacob Weedering, let's talk to him about him. Two hundred and twenty thousand in Supercoach. Um, I think he's around forty five percent ownership going into round one. Um, seven marks, seventeen possessions. Um, 12 kicks, five hand passes, only one one tackle. So he's definitely was used as that link player when they were switching. And I'd, I'd noticed that Carlton were switching a lot last night and they weren't scared to let um, Jakey Wietering make those decisions in a deep um, back 50 setting. Like, I, I think they're happy with their his disposal efficiency.
1: Yeah, yeah me too. And it, it, that's, that's something that's always been touted about him as. Uh, like coming through the draft and everything like that, that he keeps his head, his disposal efficiency is fantastic. Mm. Um, and, and it shows like his first game last night, it's, you don't rack up 87 super coach points with, from 17 disposals from from being in, um, I guess, inefficient with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he was really exciting to watch. He's uh, going to be a good cash cow for us this yeah. year
0: as well. The uh, the most exciting thing for me, from an outsider's perspective, in how he could become you know a future captain of the club, is there was a, a moment where Jack Rewalt went to have a shot at goal, and I think he um, he sprayed it out of bounds, or it was a point or something like that. And uh, Wiedering came right up to him, and got into his face. You know, first game, second quarter, something like that. He's he's right into one of the superstar forwards of the competition, letting him know that he's a, you know a selfish bugger. So you know he, he, he's he's not. A lot of you know first game players overawed I think Daniel Rioli was overawed last night He only ended up with the seven touches He did try uh, try very hard His pressure was very good uh, With six tackles And um, had some really, really good chase downs One particularly on, on Zach Tui at one point um, That uh, almost led to a goal uh, But I, I think, yeah The best thing about Weedering is He's just not, not overawed by the situation He looks very grounded, don't you think?
1: to myself when he went up to Riewoldt knew it was um, giving him a a bit of a spray it's a good (laughs) thing to see from a Carlton fans perspective because that's that's something you'd wanted to do for years just to be able to give it to somebody else I guess and haven't been able to do that for a while so it's good to have someone that's (laughs) a bit of heart and a bit of passion and looks like he's uh, set at the club but that's enough from me I could go on about
0: Yeah, Let, let's talk about some of the Richmond aspects how did you see uh, the first game is um, Rioli and things like that yeah
1: Rioli as you said his pressure was quite good um, disappointingly came out with the 39 super coach points but um, look that's going to happen he's in the role he's playing I guess he's, he was a really good tackler and everything but yeah disappointing for the price he was as well he was uh, um, up top, top hundreds so uh, Menadu, in another another circumstance, he got 80, so he was mm. he was quite good, I found, but I think we were, we were talking about this earlier, he's got the potential to go 80, and then he could drop off quite severely, yeah. so hopefully uh, by, by around 5, 6 we can cash him in and get, get something a little bit better.
0: Like a Christian uh, Petrarca or someone like that, by the time yeah. he's on the bubble.
1: Exactly, exactly right, and, so and don't have too much faith in, in those guys, but um, look, he's Menejue in my team personally, he's given me an empty Can't be, can't be um, disappointed with that. But I would be very disappointed if disappointed if I went from uh, Menejue to Rioli before the game.
0: So. Yeah, and uh, the the thing with Menejue from my perspective is um, he kicked a couple goals and had a few uh, impacts, but he tended to do it when the match was close. So obviously, with the waiting and super coach, if you kick a couple goals in a close game, that puts you back in front. Um, yeah. You know he he's obviously going to get that weighted um, not so much more, but he's going to eke out a few more points that he wouldn't have, and that that seventy becomes a seventy-five or an eighty like last night. If he had kicked those goals, you know, late in the third quarter and they were already third, you know, thirty points up, which they probably would have done against Carlton last year, you know, maybe yeah. he scores a 55-60 So um, it it really. I, I think he, he might have sucked a, a few people in. Like he's he's obviously a good player. There's, yeah. um, I, I didn't choose Meneddu. I chose Corey Ellis because I think Corey Ellis is a better player. Um, and you know they had similar stats on the night, um, but those kicks from those goals from Meneddu really helped him out. Super coach wise, because their um, possessions and, and tackles and things are almost identical. But you've got Corey Ellis on 60 and Menadou on 80. So it just goes to show doing things in important moments wins you the game. Yeah, and
1: exactly. Um, and, and sometimes it just falls that way. You yeah. see Lambert last night, 130. Couldn't he have done that for us last year? First round, pretty sure everyone had him selected in their teams. He yep. could have. That no, would have been so nice for him to come out and get 130. I don't know, <laughs> last year. Monica got. He got a good score last year, but 130 would yeah, he was all right. Yeah.
0: Uh, but again, he was the only Richmond player that got over 100 points um, basically last night or significantly over it. And again, it's because he um, did all those things in the final quarter that won in the game, did all the hard yards, that's where his points comes from. Yeah, you know?
1: post-scaling, post there was only one other that got over that 100 mark. Would have been ramps, that, would it? Bruce's Bruce's favourite, the generational
0: Alex. <laughs> Bruce has got a favourite in every team. Oh, he...
1: Anyone else touches the ball? Oh, yeah. And, uh, Doherty handballs to Gibbs. Rance comes through, grabs the ball. Here he is, he's a generational master.
0: Yeah, exactly. What did you see of Dusty Martin's game? Um, look, nothing because no one saw him. He didn't touch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to give him a, a, the benefit of doubt there, but it's not going to work out. It's um, he yeah, against Carlton, he's generally not that good. to the structures they have, I guess they don't. I don't really work for him against Carlton, but...
0: It's just a um, bogey team. Sorry? It's just a bogey team, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's it's hard hard to judge, but if you're looking at, like, his projected before before the game, it wasn't very high. So I, I always knew this was going to happen, that he was going to come out and have a, a bit of a crappy week firsthand. And hopefully there's a couple of people that drop drop off him. But, um, yeah. yeah, not in the Dr. Supercoach clinic. You have got him. Hold
0: him. Yeah exactly right and the thing is he still had 24 touches um, a handful of tackles and a few marks but he had two frees against. Yeah. You know like uh, yeah.
1: he,
0: you just can't afford that from and that's the thing with Dustin Martin not only does he occasionally have poor disposal efficiency and turn it over and have uh, kick it to the basically the wrong player um, but he also gives away a lot of frees that he doesn't need to and you know that's just points down the drain That that 80 or 90 could have Pushed it up to hundred if he just you know kept his head in check last night. Yeah, exactly. And
1: I think it was going to happen as well with the whole situation going on with his dad recently. And it, it, there's a little bit more anger, and there's obviously the Carlton guys trying to stir him up a bit more. There's always going to be mm. a couple of free kicks in there that are given against him, and has a huge impact on SuperCoach scores. It changes the score from he would probably get up near a hundred if he hadn't have given away those silly free kicks. But yeah. um, expecting him progressing through the year, he's going to be yeah. One of the one of the top forward options if you've got him in the forward line forward mid eligibility is going to be um, yeah, a good one for you
0: okay what did you uh think about sam kerridge he he's another popular basically rookie priced um guy that came over from adelaide last year happy with his output in the 90s
1: yeah definitely i i think he um he butchered it a little bit he you could tell that he was really, really giving it everything. I thought at half time I thought, "God, this guy's going to get 110, 120." But um, yeah, at the end, he dropped off a bit, made a couple of bad clingers, and
0: mm. um, what about yeah. that turnover on the 50? Oh, Just handed it straight to Miles, and he bombed it from the 50 arc.
1: That was a um, that was a game changer that one. So yeah, look, he 86, good for me, super coach team, but. Um, I think he can do better than that on a weekly basis. He'd shown it before when he was quite young. He had a... There was a a game against, I think it was the Kangaroos and he just absolutely dominated them in the last couple of minutes. Mm. um, They came from behind by quite a lot. I think he kicked three in the last couple of minutes. And um, from then, you just haven't really heard much of him. And then when I heard we got him in the off-season, I thought, oh, here we go. And then, obviously, he's in... 110% 110% of everyone's Supercoach team so it's not not really a unique selection but yeah. it's going to make us all some cash I reckon
0: well I think basically the way to sum it up with Sam Carriage, if um, you're one of those coaches that tried to be sneaky and didn't select him um, there's this little tab just at the top of the page and if you scroll down in it has delete team and uh, <laughs> Dr Supercoach recommends that if you don't have Sam Carriage, that's a very good option for <laughs> you to start your round one team I know we're only one game in but it doesn't bode well if you haven't put him in <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah you're bagging. <laughs> Basically, yeah. All right, let's go through some uh, the rest of the teams. Um, Richmond and Carton have already gone. Obviously, let's move on to Melbourne and GWS. Uh, is there anything that jumps off the page there for you? For me, I I, I like that Ben Kennedy's in this year. Clayton Oliver's in. Um, I don't really see anyone that's going to push them out from from the emergencies of Lyndon Dunn, Billy Stretch, and Jack Grimes. Like. <laughs> I I I don't see those those rookies that we've been penciling in getting pushed out by too many players. No, no,
1: I agree with you there. It's um, yeah, I I can't wait to see Ben Kennedy. See how he goes. Um, it with that Collingwood when he used to play in that outfit through the mid. It's ugh, obviously it's going to be hard to break into that midfield. Yeah. You've got the likes Pendle Swan, um, those sort of guys running through there. But I think he's going to be pretty good. I think he's going to have a good year, and he's he's. He's a little bit higher than a rookie. He's 187K this year, but um, he's definitely selected on my team. He's got mid-forward eligibility. So he's he's one of the most exciting ones to see. Um, have you got any thoughts on Ben Kennedy? I know you've, you've uh, got a bit bit of information out to, in regards yeah, to... Yeah, well,
0: it, the, the interesting thing to me, I've had a few, uh, a few um, discussions about Ben Kennedy. People don't really seem to know a lot about him. They have a lot of... Um, prejudice against him because yep. he, he was no good at, at Collingwood uh, last year he averaged 26 disposals um, something like 12 contested possessions and 6 clearances a game um, at VFL level like that's they're elite numbers and over yeah. the last 4 years in VFL he's averaged 24 touches like you can't ignore these kind of numbers the VFL is not just a knock around competition this is the elite under the AFL grade like he, he definitely has the chops to do it. he's built like a brick house like yeah. he's and uh, off the half forward line that they've named James Harms, Sam Frost, Jack Watts. How who off who else out of the half forward line can run through that midfield with a high contested possession rate, get the ball out, and still be um, able to kick, run around and kick goals? Like I'd, a lot of people are worried about his job security, or they're picking um, Connor Medju because 180 grand's you know too cheap he's got the run uh, uh, he's got the runs on the board like yeah. um, if if he you know at 187 grand or whatever he is if he does get dropped eventually and you don't you, you can't for some reason just sit him on the bench for a week he's going to get games this year In exactly. you know worst case scenario he's an elevated price he can just drop down to someone that's playing exactly you drop down to a like a bargain basement there's
1: always going to be ones that come through uh, and get named like round six onwards they're always those players that get named Mm. you drop him down you get make yourself an extra 70 80k or he would have elevated from them probably but um worst case scenario you make a bit of cash off him when you drop him down to a um like 123k or even someone that gets elevated and you move on from there, but I think there's a, a higher reward than there is the risk because you're, you're only paying 187k. This is a guy that could come out and make you two or three hundred k, but and then you just straight away yeah. upgrade to someone in the forward that's fallen down.
0: And the thing is, he's got the the body for the AFL. He's been in the system for a number of years, whereas everyone's like jumping on um, the Mills, the Parrish, um, the Oliver that are in their first year. They a couple of them particularly Parrish. Um, getting blown over by a strong gust of wind they you know they, they don't they don't have the bodies that can compete against these guys and Ben Kennedy's not only cheaper even though he's a forward he's someone that can and you know if you're picking a, a Mills or you're picking a manager then you're basically contradicting yourself by saying oh Kennedy's not worth the pick like he he's worth the risk there is no risk if, yeah. he, if he doesn't play just trade him like, it, or just hold him like he's going to get games this year he got five yeah. games last year at Collingwood and their midfield is absolutely jet yep yeah, exactly you know? um, the other big thing for me um, Stephen Coniglio and Zach Williams um, probably not so much Coniglio being talked about in the preseason but everyone was jumping on, on the Zach Williams train as a, uh, a mid-priced defender and he, he didn't even make the best 22 I think yeah. do you think Nathan Wilson's gone past him in the back line
1: from, from here, it looks apparent that he, he may have. But, uh, look, yeah, if you're choosing Zach Williams' 375k uh, defender, it's uh, I know it's a point of difference, but I guess you've got to mm. get him out of there now. If he's been named emergency, there must be something else going on that um, hasn't let him be named. So, yeah, I can get him out of there as quickly as he can.
0: Yeah, and you've got Stephen Caniglio, a previous number two draft pick, and Will Hoskin-Elliot, a number three draft pick, or number four, something around there. Sitting in the emergencies and not not getting games like GWS are going to have a good team this year. I would not be surprised if they made finals. Yeah, agreed. They've, they've just got so
1: many so many options that they didn't stuff up their draft picks. They got everything right in the first place. They've got their guns. They've got they've got Shield. They've got I guess Mumford as well. They've got Ward Griffin. All these guys mm. that have. That have come in Heath shaw has been a, a revelation last year if, if he wasn't in your super coach team he'd have something wrong with you but um yeah they're, they'll be really good this year they'll they'll definitely compete and i reckon they'll knock knock melbourne off tomorrow
0: oh definitely and the thing that interests me they've got toby green in the full forward line in a pocket and they've got jack Steele and kennedy uh, sorry kelly on the on the bench like they're the two on on the interchange that we think would be challenging Toby Green for that midfield time, but Toby Green's on the ground. I don't know how to read that. Yeah, it's it's hard, I guess, because
1: usually if if someone's getting named on the ground, it um, I, I guess it's not not a hundred percent set in stone. There are always there are always little changes and adjustments that are going to be made. Um, I'm personally, I'm, I'm going to go with. If you if you put me with Green and Steele, if you had to compare the two, I'm going with Green just because he showed the potential to score in the past. Oh,
0: yeah, he's a beast when he was young. And the yeah. thing is, only twenty two still, isn't he?
1: Yeah, exactly. And there's there's a high chance that Steele, there's a, there's actual chance that steel could outscore him this year if he gets in the right positions mm. and he plays enough games. Steele's just going to be a, an absolute beast in the AFL. But tackles uh, like mad. I hope, I hope Toby Green has a good year. There's been a lot of people that have selected him at that, um, I guess, a little bit of a bargain price, but yeah, good. seems good that he's named on ground so far.
0: Alright, let's move on to Ablett versus Essendon. Um, and, uh, sorry, Gold Coast versus Essendon. <laughs> Who do you see is standing up in uh, this kind of game?
1: Oh, has to be the intro, don't let that get you uh, confused, he is not named out tomorrow, he is named directly <laughs> on that field he's um, he's ready to go and I, I think he's got a point to prove Ablett this year, He's he's been out and he's only played what, five or six games last year, he's had an interrupted season beforehand, people have forgotten how, how bloody good he is And it, it, this year, if you're looking at him, 623k well, I'm just so pumped to watch him and he will literally tear Essendon a new one, I reckon.
0: Yeah. It's it's interesting that Essendon have named Ryan Crowley as a follower in the mids. Do you think he's going to tag at all? Oh,
1: it's, uh, 95% yes. I reckon he's going to tag him. Just give him give
0: him a taste of the old medicine. I, As fit as Crowley keeps himself, I do, having a look at Gary Ablett um, on the AFL app from Captain's Day... I really, really don't think Ryan Crowley's anything to worry about with Ablett. A lot of people worried about he's going to rest forward or he's got an ankle issue or a ligament or a tendon or whatever. It's Gary Ablett. He's, and he's <laughs> playing the top-up bombers. If he he's not problems. your captain, he's at least your vice-captain this week as a loophole, something. he's going to He could come out and score 800 points this weekend. We don't know that. I'm going 850. I'll up you. <laughs> Over or under?
1: Seriously, it's... Um... <laughs> he yeah people have forgotten and that's kind of a good thing for us that remember what Apple what was and how good he was and I, I through the preseason, I had about a, a four or five day period where I was doubting it I thought oh no, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get him out because I can upgrade some rookies here and change some things there but the thing is if you don't get him in
0: and he straight off the bat absolutely destroys everything he goes bang you've in the first two rounds,
1: if you don't first two or three rounds, you don't have him in, you've lost uh, 280 plus
0: points, and then so he's probably priced out of your range, you can't get
1: him exactly. It's going to be too hard to get him in. So, if you're not starting with Ablett, take a bit of a, a look at your team. You don't want to be making too many structural changes at this stage, but um, yeah. Against Essendon, I think it's a perfect start for him. He averages a... He's very, very good against Essendon. Um, I, I was looking at this before. I'll uh, bring up the stats for you. Bear with me.
0: Are we going to give away some uh, captaincy options from later in the show? I don't know. No, nah, I'm, I'm not going to do it. We'll go through it later. We'll, we'll, we'll keep you going. We'll just point out it's in the very high hundreds range against Essendon.
1: Yes, yes. Let's go through it, yeah. I reckon we'll go through the next next part of things and oh, Aaron Hall, he's one. Oh, of we st- can't forget
0: about Aaron Hall. No,
1: nah, he's uh, the, the the voice of the generation. Aaron Hall is in probably in quite a few people's supercoach coach teams at the moment. What's your thoughts on him?
0: Possibly the biggest social media storm I've ever seen is when Hall backed up his form from last year into this year's NAB, <laughs> and it got to the point where I had to put my phone on mute because. In some of the uh, little groups that we had that were chatting footy, I just couldn't put up with it. couldn't put up with the questions about Hall. Oh, like, no, is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? You've got to take your gut. No one knows what he's going to do. Yep. He obviously can play as a midfielder. He's obviously very good. Is he the best that Gold Coast have that can play that role? No. Did he yep. at the end of last year score any of those points with Ablett or Prestia in the side? No. Does that mean that he's not going to do it this year? Of course not. So he could come out with that exact same form. and remember Aaron Hall um, is Gary Ablett's best mate or something up in the Gold Coast if I remember correctly. So you know he's probably he's training underneath the best. Yeah. It's not surprising that he's had such an explosion. It's probably a surprise that it's him, but you wouldn't be surprised if one of the Gold Coasts picked up something and while yeah. they're in between doing a Harley Bennell snorting cocaine. <laughs> um <I> agree <laughs> yeah exactly did you go with um, Matt Rosa this year I know a lot of people are looking at him as a uh, 420k back yeah no I never never got into him I,
1: um, no me either he, he's a defensive mid but um, I'm not too much of a fan of the mid prices I know that you have to take a bit of a chance when you mm. go to the back line because it's always a, a bit of a fight to get through this season uh, and actually fill your back line up with proper proper players that average over 90 but in in the case of Rosa I've I've heard the, quite a bit more hype about Jesse Lonergan so it's sort of been like a, a case one versus one obviously Lonergan's quite a bit cheaper but yeah I've never, never really touched Rosa in the past have you had him in your team at all?
0: Uh, pretty much at the start of the year I put him in I opened up the prospectus read a little bit about him and went no then I saw the nab and was like oh, I made a good choice not having him in there yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. Ryan Davis, get him in. Oh,
1: he's yeah. You got to get him in. You don't start without him yet.
0: You're play, losing money. Played all three nabs. Average 17 possessions in the waffle over the last six seasons. After getting dropped from West Coast, um, you know he he's going to make you some coin. He's going to play games. Um, 102 grand on the midfield bench, even at mid uh, mid eleven. Like just pick him up, easy, easy. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, thoughts on Darcy Parrish for those looking for a higher-priced rookie that's going to play games. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm not into it. I'm Not feeling it at the Swift moment. Degrees. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> might be a bit windy up there. <laughs> well, it is windy hill, isn't it? Yeah.
1: No. Oh no. They're
0: playing. Where are they playing? Oh, they are playing up? Oh, Tullamarine now, isn't it? I thought they were playing at Gold Coast. Oh yeah, they're playing at Gold Coast. I wonder if it's windy up there. Oh, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> nah, not not going here. Yeah. I mean he's, he's an absolute gun of a player and he's gonna be very good, but I'm not sure if he's gonna get as much protection as everyone else thinks he's going to in that midfield. Yeah, exactly. Ed, he's look. an elite elite clearance player at the lower level, but you know, as with a lot of players, it you know, look at Cripps. He didn't get a game first year, second year once he put some size on, absolutely smashed it out. I'm not saying that's what's gonna happen with Parrish, but you know, as an Essendon supporter, I'm very excited about him, but I know it's going to take time, and it's just about tempering those expectations so you don't think he's going to come out and win your games off off his his own boot. Exactly. He's he's almost like a, a another Dyson Heppel there. You know, they they both look the same. They both pretty much have the same hair. Um, both midfielders from the bush. Um, I remember seeing a video when the first time Darcy um, met Hep. And they were chatting on the phone. It was literally just talking to two country lads. Yeah. (laughs) That's a play out, yeah. Yeah. Jonathan Simpkin named on a wing. I can say that I've got him in my forward line. I think he's a a premiership um, winning midfielder with Hawthorne. Um, Smashed the VFL last year and the year before that and the year before that. I think at his price, um, it's worth taking a punt.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I had him in my team... Uh, until quite recently I'd, uh, actually I've had to make some structural changes to uh, get a bit more depth in and I uh, couldn't fit him and Kennedy so I went with Kennedy just because he's a bit cheaper but I actually like Simpkin more than Kennedy at the moment so um, yeah I, I would like to be able to get him in but I'm 20k short unfortunately so but um, yeah I, I think Simpkin's going to be good he's got a, a big opportunity yes. obviously yeah, at Essendon and um, they, yeah, this team it could be a Supercoach goldmine, or it could be that they just get absolutely pumped every week and the share of yeah. 3,300 points goes completely to the other team. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Them. Yeah,
0: let us know on Twitter, hashfieldgoldmine, hashfield, uh, hashtag uh, minefield, one of those two. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll go on to the next game. You've got Matty D and, and Mitch Brown, but they don't really need touching on. They're not going to score heavily. Um, and Tim and Woody. Yeah, and Tip and Woody, I think you've got to have him as well. All right, Kangaroos and Adelaide. We'll let you go through this one, Houston.
1: Yeah, go through it. Uh, so, obviously, the man himself, Gold Goldstein, he is, he's set up and ready to go for tomorrow. Obviously, he's facing Sam Jacobs, so it's going to be a bit of a test for him, but I'm still still pretty tempted to whack the sea on him. Um, he's just an absolute freak. But last year, he showed us what we could do. If you if you didn't have him last year, would have you would have really struggled. Um, Everyone choosing him as captain every week. That that yeah. week he went two hundred and twenty or two hundred and ten or something. Had him as captain. Bloody hell, guys are guys an absolute weapon. So going look at the North Melbourne side of things. You got Goldstein there. Um, there hasn't been too much interest otherwise for me, other than like obvi- the obvious Daniel Wells. Mm. But I feel like last year there was quite a bit more interest when you had like Sean Higgins and uh, there's a couple of other guys in there like Veeble was a bit hyped in the pre-season but yeah, what, what do you think with the interest-wise North Melbourne is there anyone sort of outside Goldstein and Wells that you're looking at?
0: I think there's a little bit of interest in Jed Anderson but honestly for me I'm not touching him with a 10-foot pole yeah. um, he's, he's another one that's really excelled at the VFL but I, I know they want him for his, his outside run because he's quite quick, but he, for me, he just doesn't do enough. Yeah, like he he might do a little bit in the VFL, but it just doesn't seem to be enough to transition into AFL. Like he could come out and get thirty possessions this week and and show me up, but for me, I'm picking a you know a Kennedy or a, a Simpkin in the forward line over a Jed Anderson. Um, and he was someone that everyone had locked into their forward line earlier on in the in the in the. Um, the preseason, you know, when the team pickers first came back, came out in like December or January, like. Um, but I don't think anyone has him now. I, I just, I, I think I think North Melbourne's probably one of the most irrelevant fantasy football teams this year. There's no ja- uh, no um, names that jump off the page at me. I like, agree. It,
1: it could it could happen at the end of the year that someone comes through and does well. Like Cunnington always has the potential to break out, but. um yeah, there's there's nothing other than like like you mentioned Jed Anderson, but I would definitely take someone like Simkin or Kennedy over Anderson. If, oh yeah, you, you just got to back like Simkin. You're getting him for the exact same price, the exact same dual position eligibility, and you're getting a, you're going to probably get a lot more consistency from him. So,
0: Guaranteed a game every week.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Um, Adelaide, Adelaide side of things. What are your thoughts? There's a couple of new rookies come through. Um, Wayne Malira, Mitch McGovern, and then we've also got Paul Seesman who's playing their first game for them. What's your thoughts?
0: I'll start off with Malira. Now, he's a little bit elevated, 175k, I think, off the top of my head. But this guy is an absolute jet. There is. There's very specific reasons why Adelaide is comparing him to Andrew McLeod, um, two-time North Smith medalist in the '90s. Malira is a gun, and when and the, the thing about Malira is he's just so composed and he has an elite disposal efficiency. I remember um, in the uh, not the NAB chat, the under eighteen comp. Um, that they have for South Australia, he had a disposal efficiency of eighty four percent, which was third across the entire competition. Like Adelaide were doing backflips when they realised they got this guy who lives in South Australia. Like this, they don't, they don't have the go home factor, and he's a jet, you know. That's like, um, and in the the TAC Cup or no, it was in the Sandful. He was played. How many other draftees played? you know, VFL League or um, Sandville League quality football, he played 11 games for Central Districts last year. Yeah, wow. 11 games averaged uh, 13-odd touches, 75% disposal efficiency, a goal a game. Um, I I think in the semi-final when he had 17 um, possessions and three goals and got him into a grand final after having a week off with surgery, like this guy... He's going to play games. And he's 185 centimetres. He's a big body as well. And he's just sharp. He is so quick. Like, you know, as a footballer, he's a gun. As a fantasy footballer, he's got the game suited to Supercoach more than Dream Team or something like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's, you know, he comes out and smashes out, um, you know, 70s, 80s on a regular basis. I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, with his player type, he's going to have some down games. And Adelaide does have a, a hard draw. But he he was someone I was really 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 looking at as a, a forward bench option for for myself. What about um, Mitch McGovern? Do you know much about him, Houston?
1: Well, the problem is with him being named this week, it's um, a lot of guys. A lot of people are jumping on him, and, and myself included. Just as a, a just a placeholder sort yeah. of thing. I just want to I want to see if I can get something better. Um, if anything comes up over the weekend if someone gets named not an emergency that I could go with or anything like that but haven't heard too much about Mitch McGovern and it sort of worries me if people are quickly jumping on him and um, doing this just trying to get him in because you, you might have to waste a trade so yeah. the, there might be a point where you get Mitch McGovern in he plays one or two games and then that's it he's yeah. out of your team or, well he's out of the, the Adelaide team and you've got him stuck on the bench for the rest of the year you can't yeah. get rid of him it's too 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 cheap so he's one that while i've currently got him in my own team he's going to be out of there pretty quick he'll be out of there by tonight i
0: reckon yeah it's just about finding someone you know when the the teams dropped last week uh last night and there was so much chaos a lot of us are doing things i was at footy training you know a lot of people are um panicking and they're you know they're they're trading down hooli to um to seedsman so they can go from um Uh, someone to, you know, a D to a Weetering or, you know, this and that because this person's not named. Like, you know, if they're not playing in the Richmond and Carlton game, you've already got your structures planned. You've already got exactly how your team wants to be um, structured. You you know you're going set and forget rucks or you're going a mid-pricer. You know how many premiums you got here, how many rookies you got there. There's no point to be making frantic trades particularly days before you know extended benches have been turned into interchanges and emergency lists like there's no point going into these um, um, just ridiculous trade frenzies like don't restructure your side because someone's playing over another person like and that that's what I'm saying about Mitch McGovern like people might um, oh this uh, Petraka's not playing I'll, I'll get McGovern in you know yeah McGovern might only play this week you know, his brother obviously smashes it for West Coast. I don't I don't think that Mitch is this is the year that Mitch comes out and, and is as good as his brother. Yeah, exactly you know, right. he's a he's a, a, a basically a key forward playing in a team that has Josh Jenkins, Taylor Walker and Tom Lynch. You know, yeah. like you know, yeah. where where's his role? And yeah. then if he's if, if he's playing in the back line they've got Daniel Talia, Lever and Cheney, like again, where's his role? And Laird, Laird as well. Yeah, and uh, Rory Laird, Seedsman and Van Burlow, Like, you've just got to temp your expectations And, you know, looking at the emergencies for, for Adelaide They've got Cam ellis Yolman who smashed it as a rookie a couple of years ago Jared Lyon who kills the, the, the sandfall Like, they've got... Adelaide's got a, a, a fairly decent list I wouldn't be surprised if they really pushed those teams on the edge of the top eight this year Yeah, I agree
1: It'll be interesting this year as well to see how um, Roy Sloan does where on the departure of uh, obviously you've got Paddy Dangerfield leaving and seeing who else comes and pushes into that midfield. There's been a lot of hype around Brad and Matt Crouch, and mm. um, it, it'll be good to see. I think it, it'll be a bit of an
0: adjustment period playing without Danger
1: because yeah. of what what of kind course, of play wants. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I can't make the call myself. I'm un- unable to say but it's going to be a good or a bad effect on the midfielders there but uh, wait and see approach I guess yeah like, upgrade targets
0: okay quick yes no Brody Smith no Seedsman yes ooh why Seedsman is it the price it's the price
1: and I've seen him like that Anzac day he played he absolutely tore it up I've just seen really good glimpses of, glimpses of potential for him and in a new role at a new team he could he could he could get a couple more opportunities that he didn't get at Collingwood and Brody Smith he burnt me so badly last year that yep. I think everyone's in the same boat at just that ugly, like he's 410k which is a good price but it just seems, it seems ugly, I, I think like the, the super coach, there was an article on, I think it was just the AFL super coach page, um, but how he does in wins compared to losses, and it's a very, very substantial amount. He averaged, averaged between 50 and 60 or something in losses. which
0: He was, goes missing, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, exactly right, and they're, they're going to lose a, a few more games than they won last year, so yeah, I, I'm i sticking away from Brodie Smith. I like Seedsman just as, a, just as a roll of the dice, you know, chuck him in there if you If you want somebody that's got a little bit more experience and you're not going with a -a Weedering, which I highly recommend against, of course, have a Carlton supporter. But uh, if you want to spend the extra 100k and get someone that's got a bit of experience in there, don't blame me for going with Seedsman.
0: Yeah, the thing for me, and this is kind of a bit presumptuous, it's a bit kind of stuck-up way of looking at it. Yeah. There's not many people that get picked number 84 in a draft from six years ago that break out in their seventh year. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's a good point. Like, like he has glimpses, but not only. You know, two weeks after he had that thirty-one possession game on Anzac Day, which hurt me dearly, um, yeah. he was playing VFL. Yeah, I know. And you know, he 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 can when he has the right role. He he got over nine hundred meters gained from his disposals in that game. That's like that's unheard of. Yeah. No, he he just. Happened to, you know, sometimes you just have a, an out-of-the-box game and he had one of those. I don't see him being one of those keepers for the rest of the year. I, I, I just don't see him making enough cash to justify a selection. That's why I, I just couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, fair call. And, look, I'm not saying I, I would select him at all. I, yeah, I've never never had him in my team, probably never will. But there's, if I had to choose between the two of them, I'm just going with... Yeah seedsman just because i like seedsman's been up around the 430 440k mark before yeah um, his average 70 79 i think in 2013 he averaged quite a bit but look it's at 324k you've got to decide whether you want to take the risk or you want to just yeah. go to a rookie and make yourself some cash so that's your call you've got to follow your gut
0: and it's the year of the mid-pricer basically so Speaking about two other Adelaide mid prices we won't spend too much more time on Adelaide yeah pick a crouch
1: oh, I'm gonna to have to say Brad he's just got a...
0: yeah
1: I know that he's come off a, an injury but he's got a better track record um, in total like you 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 see Matt he hasn't hasn't t- torn the world apart yet but you you were speaking about Brad Crouch before and he's whose averages he averaged know uh, he averaged ninety seven one year, did he?
0: Oh yeah, I think it was like ninety three and then ninety seven in his first two years. Yeah, see that. Interrupted at... years too. Exactly right, and there's no sub
1: rule. There's no if if he gets injured, that's it. he's off for the game, and you'll you'll find out about it, and you can get him out of your team. He's three hundred and six k. Worst comes to worst, you go down to a, a rookie that's just about to go onto the bu- off like burst the bubble, and um, best case scenario goes up to five fifty. Five hundred k, and you switch him over to someone like an upgrade target, like a Pritis.
0: Yeah, and the thing for me is, um, both crafters are going to be good. Brad's cheaper, like significantly cheaper. He's the yep. better player, the better scoring potential. And worst case scenario, you only get six games out of him. Cash in that 100 150 k, and go to a rookie like a Petrarca and you've just you know you've just saved yourself. 400 yeah. grand to spend on someone else you know like he, he, if, if he gets injured in the first couple of weeks then that's a bit of an issue um, you know same with people that are running as or two. if they get injured early you know that's game over unless you can figure your way out of it but with Crouch there's options
1: yeah exactly yeah. right I, I wholeheartedly agree with you and touching on that a little bit more as well if you say that you I guess you're choosing you're trying to decide between Matt and Brad you're really making the choice of where you, whether you want to have Mitch McGovern or Ben Kennedy yeah, on exactly. Super Supercoach team as well. So just look that you might think, oh, you know, it's a 50, k difference, but it really does make a difference when you look at it in that scenario. You're choosing a, a rookie that's probably not going to get a couple of games or you're choosing someone that has a real potential to break out and make you a heap of cash. So that 50K you've spent... In the long run, uh, yeah, it could be the, the 50k more you've spent could lose you out, lose out for you.
0: Yeah, sounds good. All right, so Sydney and Collingwood, anything jumping out at you?
1: Well, obviously Trulor, he's playing his first game for yep. Collingwood, so it'd be good to see how he fits into that.
0: Name in the guts,
1: heavily stacked gut of Collingwood. They've Gee,
0: that this this is going to be a game of two midfields, isn't it? It is. They,
1: it's going to be a good game, I reckon. That it'll be good to see. I know. Pendles goes off against Collingwood. Um, Hanbury goes off against Collingwood. There's like, if you look at this midfield here, you, you go side bottom, Trelaw, Pendlebury, Adams, Greenwood, and then you're versing a midfield of JPK, Kieran Jack, Hanbury, Tom Mitchell it's ridiculous and
0: don't forget you got like Dane Swan and Jordan goey to run through yeah. there and they've got you know Isaac Heaney and Callum Mills and yeah, Parker yeah, yeah. Oh, mate it's it's going to be a great game I, I, the, the round one matchups are actually brilliant
1: yeah I reckon as well They're, um, it's going to be it's going to be pretty good there's a couple of new guys from Sydney uh, Callum Mills obviously has been selected in quite a few people's teams this year I'm, I'm on him myself I think he's going to yeah. be a good player, uh, he's done his couple of years, like you said. He's, uh, Oh, sorry, no, that's a, <laughs> another guy I'm thinking about, but um, yeah, it's. I, I reckon Callum Mills is going to be a good player. He's he, the academy in Sydney just seems incred- incredible,
0: yeah. Easily he's, the best midfielder in the draft, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I, I reckon myself, um, yeah, he, he's going to be good, and you look at players like in this it, there's just so many SuperCoach relevant players you got yeah. I guess you got Pendlebury and then you got all those other guys that I mentioned before but then if you look oh actually surprisingly Brody Grundy has been named an emergency did you know that?
0: I didn't notice that until then who are they, who are they? they're running with Jared Witts
1: yeah Jared Witts is their number one Ruckman
0: I, I knew Buckley was crazy but this is just nuts
1: <laughs> but I guess he's, he's only going Against uh, Callum Sinclair, so but Sinclair he can be a good ruckman. He's actually been in a couple of people's teams this year, so he's got mm. that um, swing eligibility. So yep. gives you a bit of freedom to switch it up.
0: I think if you're picking him in the forward line, you're costing yourself um, potential there because there's a hell of a lot of value um, over top. You know, if you're picking a Hall, a Gray, um, a Barlow, Dusty, Kennedy, Carriage, Wells. Malera, like you, I don't yeah. think you can afford over 400k to spend on someone that probably sits at um, F3 or F4 with that value.
1: Exactly. There's there's one of the, the biggest ones of this game is Jordan De What there's been a lot of selection
0: from him. What do you think about Jordan De Oh, he's obviously had a really good nab. He's going to be a gun player. I still believe, you know he's probably not going to get the midfield time everyone thinks he is. He obviously got a lot of midfield time in the NAB, but you know, in the NAB it's it's Oz kick, you know, no one back, no one chases. You know, they just spread, they just follow the footy. Um it's a, obviously a bit more obviously a bit more complex than that. Yeah. But yeah. when you've got Trelaw, you've got Adams, you've got Pendles, you've got Steel, you've got Greenwood, you've got Swan I don't, he might get one or two more rotations. I don't think he's going to be a perma-mid like everyone's picking him up, thinking he will be. He could, he could go 85. I don't think that's worth picking someone up at 320 grand, though.
1: Yeah, exactly. I know there's a point of difference in this side. I'm not going to bring him up for you because he's your, your secret weapon mm-hmm. unless you want to divulge
0: your information. I'll, I'll let you do it so it doesn't look like I've, I've um, discovered everything. Yeah, it's um, Taylor Adams. Yeah, Taylor Adams.
1: Tell me a bit about Taylor Adams. You you told me something before that was ridiculous. After the buy rounds last year, what was it? What did he average?
0: Um, in Dream Team, I think it was 120, and in Supercoach, it was like 117 or 118. But um, it was one of those situations where he had a few injuries, had a suspension, um, and then had a bit of a role change where they just you know flicked a switch and bam, he was the go-to guy in the midfield, and. Yeah. From round 11 onwards, you know, that's a 12 games, that's a big stretch of games to be going at nearly 120 in Supercoach. And, you know, the thing is, over the, uh, um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know he was going at 131 Dream Team points per minute. Um, and across his games, he was going in the NAB, he was going uh, 160. Or one uh, point six supercoach points per minute of game time. You know, you know, it's just he's just putting up ridiculous numbers, and I think he was the second or the first or second um, highest disposal average last year for those under twenty three in the AFL. Like this guy's a jet, and everyone kind of thinks he's a DT player, and not a super coach player. But know, he's back into last year, it makes him a real point of difference in the price range of Aldi Wines, Taylor Adams. Um, Cripps, um, I guess you could throw Luke Parker in that price as well. He's a real, real sneaky guy, and he's got the role we want. He's got that basic number one midfield get out of jail free card out of that centre square. Yep, he, if so, cool. if someone picks him and he goes one fifteen, good on him. He's you know he's one of my boys. I just I just couldn't fit in even even with his scoring potential. Yeah, it's all good prices. Well, not
1: awkward as such, but when you got the likes of Gary, uh, sorry, Tom Rockley for five fifty. Yeah, you Gary can't Adams go past it. Nah, just it's hard to fit him in. But if you are looking for a, a big point of difference, I reckon you should go with Adams. He wouldn't be selected in that many teams, off the top of my head. But um, yeah, he's a good point of difference. There's there's one more player I want to go through with this uh, this guy. Uh, sorry, this game, um, George Hewitt.
0: Yep. Tell me a bit about George Hewitt. I um, know. yeah, select- yeah. Um, with, with the Sydney Swans Longmire likes them to do a bit of an apprenticeship at the kneeful level. Um, we saw it with like uh, the likes of Jake Lloyd um, and Cunningham and these kind of guys that had to do you know the, the, you know 20 40 50 games at kneeful level until they started smashing it before they got in. another thing Longmire loves he loves contested possession midfielders that are really really hard nuts that they you know you can take. Um, JPK off, and they could just put one of these rookies in, and it's exactly like JPK's out there. Um, yep. They love those hard tackling, those Hanabrys, um, those Tommy Mitchells, those Lukey Parkers, those, uh, those just real hard tackling ones. And just off the top of my head, in the Nifl, he's played 40 games in the last two years, George Hewitt. He averaged 25 and a half, 26 disposals across those two years. He's averaged six touches. Uh, six tackles a game. His average contested possession rate around forty. Like if he's done his apprenticeship, people don't know much about him. But you know he's a fair player. He's he's a guy that could walk straight into this side like Jake Lloyd a couple of years ago, and you know stay there. It completely surprises.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Just to touch on what you said before in the needful, I'm um, just looking at the Sydney website now. he had twenty six touches, eight clearances, and more than six tackles a game last yeah. year. So. Very highly rated from the Swans as well. And that's where I got confused before. I thought, oh yeah, Mills, he's done the apprenticeship. But uh, <laughs> first year, Hewitt,
0: second year. And, and that's, the, that's the thing with Mills. Like Everyone's hype about him. Oh, he's going to come out and average 85. I would not be surprised if he plays a couple games, has a bit of go on the knee for, comes back for a couple games. You know, they've got the cattle. Like, Sydney's yep. midfield depth is ridiculous. Yep,
1: agreed. Ridiculous. Um, if you had to choose one out of the two of Hanabry and Pendlebury, who would
0: you choose? Oh, I'm going to go with Hanabry. Yeah. Why, why, why do you, why do you go Hannah's? It's more of a role thing. Hanabry, oh, I remember reading um, Men's Fitness or something when I was at the gym. Weirdest story ever. Um, and had, oh, there's this little profile piece on Dan Hanabry about 24 months ago about how in the pre-season he does marathons on a regular basis to get his endurance up before he hits preseason he actually runs marathons it'll go out and do 40ks in the morning to get his endurance up um, before he goes to training to do a you know his sprint work know he every, every year if you look at his graphs they're trending upwards and at some point they're obviously going to stop but he's got that elite tank on him and you know, he, he last year averaged the same amount of contested possessions, or had the same amount, but his uncontested possessions just skyrocketed last year. That's where all his points came from, because he gut-run to the other side of the ground to get this kick that no one else could keep up with him. And I think the the other thing for me is that Pendles with, you know, the Trelaws and the Adams, the Dagoes, the side bottoms, these guys taking over that midfield, some guy that's, um, you know, he's won a premiership, you know, and he's going to play that little bit behind the ball. I just see Hanabry as just someone that's going to go. He's going to do Oz kick. He's just going to chase the ball everywhere, not get tired, rack up possessions. Penderbury yep. is he's obviously you know elite, you know top five players in the competition. But right. I I just think Hanabry is a really good point of difference. Um, in comparison to Pendry, I mean, you know, you can't go wrong picking either. Pendle's last year was the fir- um, first year in the last five years that Pendle's gone under 120 for a season. You know, Nuts. average so. And and Hanbury's never done that, but... Oh, yeah. I know, it's just a feel thing. It's just yeah. a, a, a... For Hanbury. it's just, you know, he's he's only 23. Yeah, 23 or 24 or something like that. He's just a jet. Very, very
1: high ceiling. I, I agree. It could go massive this year. So if you look at... Like a, pen, like a Pendles average 115 last year he could drop down a little bit this year I know that there's been uh, I don't know where I heard it but there's been speak that he might play a little bit more forward mm. or behind the ball it's a, different, a little bit of a role change now that Trelaw's in there it just worries me a little bit so I would probably be more inclined to go for Hanabry as well
0: yeah cool alright um,
1: next one
0: yeah Doggies
1: Dog, Dog and Freeman
0: another good game yeah it's gonna be a good one um, I think this one's going to be quick. Because of the extended benches, I don't really see much going on here. Obviously, Tommy Sheridan's one that's been the talk of the town over the preseason, surprisingly still and only about 10 or 11% of teams. Yep. Um, he's in mind just literally because I think he had the most rebound 50s during the nab for Fremantle, and he had the most handball receives out of that back 50. I think he's worked with Brent Greer to get his kicking on point You know they've now he was a high draft pick. He's he's really done the hard yards again under Ross, a previous Sydney um, um, apprenticeship. apprenticeship, You know, like I think they've you know he's now finally said, "Look, mate, you know it's time for you to to unleash your potential." And looking in that back fifty with Johnson, Ibbotson, Dawson, Spur, like Stephen Hill on one flank and Sheridan on the other flank. Like they're obviously trying to quicken their game style up, and these guys are going to help.
1: Yeah, I agree. Not competing with uh, Mike, uh, Michael Johnson's great defender, but Zachy Dawson, MVP. Uh, not going <laughs> to take his role any time soon. So, if Zachy
0: Dawson's yeah. not in your team, you're going to lose this year, trust me. Yeah, yeah.
1: just chuck him in. <laughs> if you are not listening as part of the Dr. Supercoach community, just chuck him in. <laughs> I, it,
0: now, Houston, are you trying to uh, hurt people's teams so you can get a jump in round one? No, of course not. You wouldn't do that, would you, champion? Oh, don't start with Abler. <laughs> oh, it, it's uh, it's interesting that Barlow's named on the bench. Yeah, that's um, it's strange. It might, yeah. Same with Tom Libertore actually. Season. Hey. Same with Tom Libertore.
1: Yeah, as well. Yeah, I noticed both they got the orange dots next to them. Um, it's strange, but I think Liver plays. So, yeah, Liver plays. Barlow plays. I yeah, think yeah. Both of them play, and there's nothing to worry about. I reckon.
0: Lockie Weller's an interesting, uh, just slightly elevated player as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I saw him. He's just over two hundred k as well.
0: Yeah, I actually grew up um, with Lockie. I played a lot of footy with his older brothers Tyson and Mav. We all went to the school, same school together. And oh, nice. I, I remember, I remember in like when he was in year seven, he went to the World Athletics Olympics or something like that for juniors, and he came back with seven gold medals. Like um, this, this guys guys a jet, and I he. he He's going to be way better than Mav, who's at St Kilda now. Um, it's just he's just got to get another role. Again, he's 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 got to do an apprenticeship before he gets into this Fremantle side again. That Ross line, that Jordan uh, John Longmire kind of thing. But when he gets that go, he's a silky player. And at that price, you know, I w- I'm not expecting seventy five or anything like that. But you know, 60, 65 is something that I, you know from Lockie, I, I would expect.
1: Agreed. Yeah. I obviously you know him better than myself but looking at his stats from last year obviously it would have been in and out of the side but showed a little bit of potential round 23 almost hit 70 super coach points he had 16 disposals, 5 tackles so um, at 200k you'd be pretty happy if you can rack up 75 70 to 80 each week um, yeah it's it's a good choice if you, if you want to lock someone in that's a little bit pricier if you have that extra bit of money there you're, um, yeah, you go, I, I don't reckon you
0: could go wrong with him yeah and there's only one real reason other than Supercoach that I want him to do well and it's just basically because when he plays footy the missus lets me have it on TV so um, that, that's that's the added benefit to him playing alright moving on oh you, you forgot one. Oh, what Adams. did I forget Marcus Adams he's, um, nah he's a lock just get him lock yeah, Agreed. no, he's he's yeah. a monster. He is finally their lockdown defender that the Bulldogs needed. He's going to take. Oh, he's, I wouldn't be surprised if he took. He just walked straight up to Pavlic first game and said, "I'm going to shut you down." Yeah, yeah. He's uh, a little yeah. bit shorter than shorter than most key defenders, but he's built like a brick house. Again, um, Bulldogs are going to play him all year. M- mature yeah. age, going to do it. Agreed.
1: Locking him in, uh, locking Liber in as well.
0: I think with his. 110 average 2 years ago. He's Nat Fife is the only guy under the t- age of 24, 23, 24 that scored more Supercoach points than him in their career so far. So, you know, yeah. if, if he's second to Fife and he's 357 grand, you put him in, you don't question it. Yeah, I agree. And it, right, you listen. know, it, yeah, if he starts slow, your ide- ideally becomes, you know, your your M9, you know, you, don't trade him out at the buys because he's going to come home hard. Yeah, I agree. Next game we've got is
1: Port Adelaide versus St Kilda. So, going through this, there's a couple of guys that have been... Well, obviously, Loby got himself out of everyone's teams with his nab-cut form. He just... Spud. <coughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't go near him. Do not touch him. The only time he's averaged well was when the the supercoach ruff rules were different. Yeah. So, if you're looking at his pass averages, just disregard it. Um, we do not recommend him. I have spoke to the doc earlier, and he is... Uh, he was, yeah, he was very, very sad that people were selecting him. So he got to get into the clinic if we're doing that. But um, next player, Sam Gray. What do you think of him? Do you think he's going to be any good, or is it just hype selection from social media?
0: No, he's he's definitely another one that's absolutely smashed the sand for, when has finally got his game um, to an AFL standard. He's named in the guts, Ruck Rover. You saw when they had all their guns back in Nab Three, he was still named in this in the guts. Had the most um, possessions um from any port Adelaide player during the Nab Cup. He came home in the last three games last year he averaged over thirty two disposals. Like the only thing for me is I think he's priced himself out of contention. Yeah, it can happen. Like yeah. he his his back end of last year was too good that I don't want to play I don't want to pay for ninety point player who's probably only going to average a hundred. Yeah. You yeah, know, like it's not worth me picking him from the start. I can pick him up later because he's not going to get too far away. But if yep. you know someone like um, Aaron Hall, who's priced at seventy seven, goes one hundred, you know that's a lot more money you have to try and make up to at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree.
1: Um, the next guy that I'll go through, Jay Gresham. He he's looking good. One hundred and forty four k, I believe. Yeah, one hundred and forty four k. He's, I've had him in my team for a while actually a couple of weeks before he's been named and then I saw he got named and thought well,
0: this is going to be good. What do, you, do you have any knowledge? What are your thoughts on him? Gun. Out and out gun. I, I actually contemplated that if he wasn't named round one I was just going to sit him on the bench in the midfield and just wait for him to play. Yeah. He He's a little bit smaller than most midfielders. I think he's 177 centimeters, but he is just a absolute beast like across all formats in the junior comps the TAC Cup all this kind of thing I think there was Kieran Lovell from that went to Hawthorne at pick 22 he was uh, but he was a second tier second division with Tassie Gresham just smashed it at the top level like he's he's just a gun like um, I, he played 50% um, nab time and ended up with like um, 20 uh, sorry 12 disposals Um, and like four tackles like if you get it into a whole game maybe um, 85 90 minutes of game time he's he could average anything locked in locked in for me as well yeah Um, even if he misses games I'm not getting rid of him I'm too scared like he's a rookie that if you traded him out and then he came back and got games was on the bubble you'd trade him back in that's how good he is yeah
1: exactly right I (laughs) I agree actually Um, there's the obvious the wines the grey those sort of guys Mm -hmm. they're going to be I'm uh, pretty consistent. Wines
0: will improve. I don't think he goes 110 to 115 like everyone else thinks, though. Yeah. yeah. I, I right. think he'll go one five, one seven, something like that. Yeah. he's,
1: And as well as that, he's got a bit of an injury worry. He seems to always have like a niggle or last year he got went out injured and whatnot. So um, one of those guys, He's sometimes struggles to get on the park. So I'll, yeah. I, I, um, I would take... Well, obviously,
0: spend the extra and take grave. You're going to go somewhere like that. Yeah, I think I think Wines last year was the first time he really had an injury injury interrupted season. Prior to that, he's been okay. Oh yeah, the, yeah. you yeah. know he, he broke broke his wrist and then um, did this and that. But he's just such a massive contested beast that he batters himself around. And I the reason I don't think he goes 110, 115 is I don't think. You know, I think that I think this is when Ollie Thines <laughs> it hurts him because he can't get that outside ball. I don't think he does a Hanabry and contests the same amount of possessions, but then gets his uncontested contested possession rate to skyrocket. I don't think that happens. I think we see improvement, but I, I'm I'm more likely to see improvement from Crips than someone like Wines.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Obviously, I agree uh, of Cripper, but. No, that's um, like factual as well. Uh, yeah. I, would, I would go for Crips over wines, and he's a little bit cheaper as well. Uh, Wingard in the forward line. We've been at, at a
0: bit of a lack of forward. Options. He's my favourite player in the AFL. I could. Just, I remember um, when they played Hawthorne at um, at the Adelaide Oval, and he ducked around Hodge, and then he ducked around Burgoyne, and then he did a little spin, and then he like shined his boot in the middle of it, and he just had that much time, and did two dummies, and then just slotted it. I, he's just my favourite player to watch. I, like he, I, he's someone I'd contemplate picking just because I want him on my team. Me
1: too. Last year, <laughs> watching him, I just like the, the way I look at him is
0: the way Bruce looks at Cyril. It's just oh, just a beautiful. I bet name. the birds look at him like that beautiful. too. Oh,
1: just fantastic. But yeah, he he um he killed it last year. He, yeah. Like I was
0: surprised when I, I was going through team selections and realised that he averaged 97 last year. Like, I'm surprised as in... You know, I'm not surprised he did it. I'm surprised and I didn't notice him do that. Like, he kind of did it in the shadows.
1: Yeah, I agree. It, it, it was weird because you, you sort of noticed him. I heard, like, it was a couple of things. People were saying, oh, he's kicked, like, the goal straight or a couple of goals for this many games in a row. And I think it was... Like, he, he'd got three goals. Here we are, actually. I'll, I'll go through it. So, from round eight up until round 21, he had more than three goals in a game. Three or more goals in a game. It's, like, you obviously get goals from super coach points. That's why he's so good. He just kicks so many snags. He, um... He, he does his work around the ground as well as that. So, yeah, he's, he's a lot for me. And he's, he's, as well as that, one of my favourite players in the AFL. I know Jordan, one of the guys of our, in our team, in our docs clinic, he loves Wingard. He's a, he's a poor supporter as well. So, mm. he'd be to hear this.
0: Yeah. Anything else you're saying there? I'm not saying a great deal. Everything's pretty much stock standard.
1: Yeah. Now, we'll go on to uh, West Coast and Brisbane. Take the reins. I heard you, you were going... Before this, we're going through a little bit. There's some relevant selections here. You go, Nat Nick Nat versus Stefan Martin.
0: It is an interesting one. It, it's something I don't think many people have thought about. It. The new throw-in rule, you, you know, it's basically whoever touches it last over the boundary line, It's the, you know, it's a kick to the other player. It's basically, again, um, to Ozkick kind of standard. For someone in Stefan Martin that is so dependent on possessions and not his hit outs to get points. Do you think that he probably holds a, a very similar average to last year whereas say the Nicknats, the Goldsteins, the Gorns, the Sam Jacobs maybe you know they maybe they drop one hit out to advantage per game with the less throwing. So you know even if they drop one to two that's 5 to 10 points per game that they miss out on just from this little rule rule tweak. You know it's just something I've been I've been really playing with, and no one really seems to be ringing up.
1: Yeah, well, i would never realised it until you said it to me today. So I um, like, I think the thing that works for him is as he plays the—he's uh, one hundred ninety-eight centimetres tall. He's six-five, but he plays as a midfielder, so he's always yeah. always getting in those extra points from being in, involved in everything rather than just hitting the ball out. So it, it doesn't the that boundary, the boundary rule or whatnot doesn't sort of affect him as much as it affects the guys, Nat Nui and Goldstein, and oh, Goldie's just a lock regardless for me, I don't ah, think yeah. he, could, he could average 25, and still probably having my mm. team, I just love the guy, but um, yeah, it's a good point, Stephen Martin could be one of the only rucks that actually maintains that, the consistency that yeah. he did last year, and now he's got no Lewenberger as well there, yep. not a the Lewenberger, the potato himself was <laughs> <laughs> any any block for him or anything like that But yeah, I think, he, I think he'll have a good year I've been trying to get him in my team But unfortunately I had to stick with Nick Nat Because it's just a bit cheaper
0: Yeah, no uh, Nick Nat is going to come out And he's going to show everyone why he's the number one Ruckman in the comp And he is, he, statistically he's the best Ruckman in the comp He doesn't do enough around the ground He doesn't take enough marks He doesn't do enough tackles to get those points up And you know Stefan Martin does all that and occasionally gets a hit out. Yeah. You know, like, Nick Nat could come out and hit. I would not be surprised if Nick Nat came out and averaged 150 over a 10-week period. It, it can
1: happen. He's just the kind of player, it's just like the, that perfect weapon. Like, he's got the, the right build for it. He can just literally dominate players with his physicality. And he's like when you look at little Bron James of NBA, it's just, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's de- like, there was someone in my league last year that started with Goldie and Nick Nat in their, like their set and forget rucks, and they just killed it. I remember after coming into the buys, um, or no, it was like round four or five, something like that. The top nine of the top ten all had Goldie. Like oh yeah. they all started with him. And I think that's going to be the same this year. If you don't start with him, you're not going to be at that pointy end. Yep,
1: exactly right. Yeah. Only um, other thing this game uh, Rocky is back. Five hundred and fifty k,
0: Lockie. Lockie. Lockie.
1: Fifty. Uh, Five hundred and fifty. Lockie. I agree. Uh, let's have a look. Anything else? when you can see from this game that like the the interchanges and the emergencies haven't been settled as of yet because it's a
0: no good names.
1: Yeah, there's uh, not too much I can see. So ev-
0: ev- everyone's choosing Ryan Harwood on the backline because he's going to be the next big thing, but he's not. Don't pick him. Yeah, do not do that. Um, um, Elliot Yo's an interesting one. It's flip a coin for me. Do you have him in your team? I definitely don't because he's too much of a roller coaster ride. And there's, you know, you lose a game because he can't just have an average game. Like he, he either has to shoot the, the roof off and get 150, or he has to, you know, take his little pillow and cover out into the forward pocket and just find a nice patch of grass, do a little spin like the dogs do, and just pat it down and then lie down for two quarters. I, You know, I, I can't deal with that in my side. Yeah, I'm with you.
1: I put him in at the start of the year. Bit of an attractive price, but um, nah, not for me. Um, Prentis later the year, later in the year, he's going to be yeah, an upgrade. Upgrade. Always has that dip down, and um, we can pick him up when a when a couple of rookies are on the bubble. So you're with
0: me with that. Yeah, I, I'm sneakily taking Dan Rich at um, my D two. Oh yeah, Dan Rich. Yes, yeah, uh, I. About him. I I don't think he plays midfield as much as what everyone thinks he is. I think Mitch Robinson makes up the the midfield because um, he had a smashing end of last year when Beams was out. Um, I think Rich gets an extra couple rotations, but the thing the the, the the thing for Rich is he's you know he's a top five, top ten kick in the comp that they just need his disposal to be uncontested so he can hit targets. If he's running through the midfield trying to kick under pressure, they're losing his greatest weapon. You know, yeah. like I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes ninety this year, and in fact, that's why I'm picking him because I, I can see him being a nice D five, D six at the end of the year. But I don't see him getting that much more time in the mid that he comes out, and he's just irresistibly good. Yeah, yeah. The 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 thing about Rich, he's not a good midfield option, but he is a good defensive option. Yeah, that's exactly right. If it was your midfield, you'd be like, ha, huh, no way. Yeah,
1: yeah. Definitely have to restructure if you've got him in your, in your mid. So we usually say do not restructure at this point of the yep. year, but you've heard this podcast and you have Daniel Rich in your midfield. Restructure. Um,
0: right. A few people picking Shannon Hearn. I think there's a bit of value there, but I'm not going anywhere near him. Um
1: neither, yeah, myself. We have a huge... Peter is the biggest fan of Shannon Hearn in the oh. Doctors of Coach Clinic, but oh, uh, yeah. yeah, not with
0: him. Yeah, I... Yeah, he could go ninety five again. You know, it all depends on injuries with West Coast because they fall over like flies most times. Um, But yeah, no, a bit of value there. Previous history of averaging in the in the low nineties could do it again, but not for me. Yep,
1: agreed. Alrighty, so that the next game is the last game of the round. The big one. It is going to be an absolute rip snorter, Um, Paddy D he's in
0: he's in oh he's in oh Oh, I thought after his nab form he might miss out
1: oh I know he's been he was a disgrace for the nab only averaged about 280 and um, yeah he's actually managed to make his way through the VFL into the team so Danger oh oh, I love this guy that is like Bruce combine Cyril and Rance together and then you've got Dangerfield in my eyes in Bruce's eyes as well
0: yeah I'll, I'll put it to you this way um, Dangerfield and Selwood a lot of people saying that oh they're going to take points off each other they won't work well together 2010 Pendlebury and Swan you know like Swan went like 140 supercoach that year and Pendles went like 135 you know they've got two big guns and then they've got Mitch Duncan you know who, who else have they got they got Jordan Murdoch who's that bloke yeah, yeah, Stephen exactly. Motlop comes in for one quarter a game He gets four touches He'll
1: kill it there's, I started without him last year Absolutely tore my heart out All year it was horrible I couldn't get him in ah. cause he, just, he just went up in price too much The last time I got him in was I think the last time Rory Sloan got injured Later in the year I had to get danger in And only got a couple of games out of it But yeah there's no chance that I'm yeah. not starting with him this year
0: And, and the thing for me is He's now home. He's finally got the missus happy. He doesn't have to worry about her whinging in the background, "Oh, when are we moving back to Geelong?" Yeah. He's going to enjoy being there, and he did that at a place that didn't have a gun in Joel Selwood. Like, I think they bounce off each other so well in the same if they play in the same team, obviously that's still to be seen, but I think two guns like that, they won't teams won't be able to shut them down. Yeah. You know, you send a tag to both of them. Mitch Duncan gets off the chain he's already a good player yep I and agree I, you know it's interesting that they've named two ruckmen in the uh, centre they've named uh, Zach Smith and Blickhavs in the centre are, are they the are they going to have two ruckmen or something that's their thing they, um, they literally run around with two ruckmen at the ruck contest I think know. they're a little bit short in the, uh, the rucks so I think they need to chuck Reece Stanley in there for Joel Selwood chuck Selwood yep. in the forward line <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's yeah, innovative, game-changing. But um, Bartel making a comeback this year,
0: 470K touching. Hasn't averaged under 90 in a decade until last year. Previous uh, Bar- Barlow. previous Brownlow medal winner, the you know, the dude's a jet. He just he is. is. He's got good value. It's the cheapest you've been able to afford him in 10 years. If you've got room for him, pick him. I just didn't have the price, uh, the, the money to spend in the back line, you know, same, yeah, I, I, yeah I, you know, I love Jimmy Bartell. I think he's a brilliant player, but I think he plays a lot in the back line. I think he plays a lot in the forward line. I think he occasionally goes through the mids. He's, he fills holes. Whatever's going wrong in the game, they go, Jimmy, fix it up. And he goes and fixes it up. That's how good of a player he is. Exactly
1: right. Uh, and, uh, he'll, he'll be good, but it's the different. It, it's just whether you can get him in.
0: Yeah. Um, um, yeah, nothing
1: else really. For
0: Billy harder. There, oh. there, there is there is one additional one that I'm I'm interested in with their um you know they who who they lose they lost shield one of their gun midfielders they lost um oh, what's his name Hill they lost Hill on the wing who's another a good midfielder and very quick on the outside so who do you think that they named on a wing? Oh, Grant Birchall. Oh, my God, I. I, I identified him when Ruffy went down. Ruffy went down, they need that that much bigger body just to run through the midfield occasionally to chop out the, Lorden, the, the Jordan Lewis's and Luke Hodges. They need someone to chop them out. And yeah. I really thought Grant could do it, but once they got those two in, two injuries, I was like, man, this guy is just going to run through the guts, I'm sure of it. Do you, reckon he'll do, do you reckon he'll kill it this year? What's that? Do you reckon he'll kill
1: it this year, or do you reckon he'll just flop?
0: Well, he's got a very, very good history of going mid-80s to 90, but he's never blown the roof off and became a must-have. I remember yeah. 2013 or 14, he had that like six-week run up to the buyers where he averaged 140 or something ridiculous, and then everyone got him in, and he averaged 60 for the rest of the season. Yeah. But, you know, if he is legitimately named on that wing and he legitimately is taking that role that those you know two or three guys are missing for the first six weeks of the season, I... I, I really can see that he would rack up some major points, especially in the Hawks' team running through that midfield.
1: Great. That's, yeah, that looks like a really good spot for him. Hopefully that's yeah where he starts and where he stays because he could have huge scoring
0: potential. Yeah, exactly. And the emergence of um, Taylor Jure off the back line and the, um, you know, Matt Suckling's no longer there. Um, I went to school with um, Matt's sister, so I've chatted to him a couple of times. And he always has himself and his and his uh, super coach. Um, I, 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 I should have asked him if he's ever put the captaincy on himself. Um, but you know, th- because of that gap there, like maybe Birchall, once those guys come back, he does drop back into the backfield, uh, the the back line. Um But you know, it's one of those you know those those shark maneuvers where you you chuck someone up there that no one's thinking about. He smashes it. They all jump on him. You trade him back out for someone else, and then they're stuck with someone that's going back to their old role. Like it's a um, it, it's what Johnny Bruin did a few years ago um, with Travis Cloak. Ah, oh, the
1: master mastermind.
0: Yeah, that's that's what wins your games. Maybe Grand Bertrand does it for you. I'm not saying it happens, but. um you know that's just you know it's just all about starting a conversation and, and just thinking laterally about these things because i'm seeing way too many cookie cutter sides coming into the doc Supercoach inbox there you know yeah. every single player's got every single player the other guy sent you from an hour ago and you're answering the same questions every day and you know when i went back to the dock and like i asked him some of these official wisdoms and he just you know shrugs his shoulder and looked at me and you know i've got to make an answer up myself so um you know it, it's all, all about thinking laterally and finding that point of difference that legitimately is a point of difference not just for the sake of it yeah yeah i
1: agree with you it's something that you want it's, it's in your gut as well if you think a player's is going to do really well you don't ask anybody out about it you just you, yep. you look at the figures you look at his history don't just look at the numbers as Well, look at exactly what role he's going to play um, get some info on exactly what he's going to do from people that are near the situation and then make an informed, an informed decision that way don't just look at the numbers or say oh well, this guy's been hyped Lonegan hey he's been hyped real well yeah. Lonegan could do good I'm, I'm sure but social media hype it um, yeah, can ruin
0: your team yeah exactly right um Daniel Howe, named on the extended bench. I think he probably plays if they're pushing Birchall up into the midfield. He's got a great kick on him. I, you know, he played four games last year. I'm sure he plays some games this year, but I I just don't think he's going to blow the roof off like everyone else thinks he is. Yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: It, um, there's another one there, Daniel Rental. He's named in the interchange, but hopefully he gets named as not an emergency. I know a couple of people... Um, I don't know have got him and their team in a fair he's been a popular selection for people uh, he's a, a lower price around 260 I think but yeah hopefully he actually gets named on the field not an emergency just so just keep an eye on that if you if
0: you haven't yeah well obviously he's got some value but you know when you can get Simkin for 45 grand cheaper and you can get um, Ben Kennedy for nearly a hundred grand cheaper it's a it's a no-brainer not to pick a designated forward
1: yeah hundred percent agree with you there Um so that's
0: that's, a team. that's the team's wrap I think we've only got just some questions from the community run through and uh, we can wrap this thing up don't you reckon yeah awesome
1: sounds good and um, thanks for everyone's patience <laughs> but, yeah like,
0: oh. it's, good. Awesome. it's a good thorough podcast and that's what we're about here at Doc coach
1: exactly first round Oh, the doc he likes to keep his, um, his examinations very thorough trust me
0: this is what happens when you're excited about round one I oh, no. Oh, it's going <laughs>
1: to I'm gonna sit there all weekend on the couch. The missus
0: is gonna probably no. Yeah, the missus in. is at work. I can't wait for it. I've, yeah. I've, I've, if if it was Saturday right now, the podcast would be ten minutes long because so I want to go watch the footy. Yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> uh, lucky,
1: we're lucky that everyone else is probably bored
0: today. So <laughs> well, they um, need some footy content. All right, um, let's jump into some questions. Have you got the page up there, Houston, yeah, so you can have yep. a look?
1: Okay, from Anthony Schiortino hope I pronounced that right Anthony um, do we bring in all rookies named round one or will we just end up with a player that's played one game stuck on our bench I, players like yeah. Papley McGovern and Hewitt
0: I honestly don't think you need a team full of rookies I think you need to find a, uh, a balance between premiums mid prices and rookies I think it's silly just to bring in all the rookies that have been named for round one I think what he's trying to get at is do we dump all the players that weren't selected that we have in our teams yeah, uh, Ned, that's, uh, that's a definite no-no. Yeah. I, I, even in the uh, Doc Supercoach, there was a, a, a mass hysteria and panic because Hartley wasn't named. Now, Hartley doesn't play for, you know, at least 24 hours. like, sit down, look at your structure. I've heard of people trading out Basha Hooli, oh, not Basha Hooli, uh, Rory Laird, so they can downgrade to a Lonigan, so they can upgrade... Um, Hartley to another mid-pricer and they're completely changing your structure. You've had six months to get your team ready and just in the first round you're completely changing your team structure. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah,
1: Exactly. And it's like in this situation, you've got the likes of uh, you've got Brown and you've got Adams and you've got Tipping and Woody. Depending where you're playing them, in the defence you could use Hartley as a loophole. Exactly. So, if you don't know what that is, the emergency loophole. Jump in our website. Send us a,
0: uh, a comment on the page, and we'll explain it in depth for you. Exactly right. It's a complex thing that people always get wrong. I know. A few years ago, two thousand and thirteen, I got burnt by Dangerfield, and he came out and scored one fifty, and I accidentally put the uh, <laughs> put the 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 captaincy on someone in the same game that wasn't wasn't playing. So uh, that was playing. So I ended up with. I think it was, Zach. Uh, I don't know, might as well have been Zach Dawson's 20. <laughs> so, yeah, So there's 300 points I missed out on in round one, and as you can tell, I cried. <laughs> I feel so bad for you. Um, yeah. got, let, let's, put it, let's put this question into perspective. What they're saying is if you've got Hartley in the back line, you've got Tipper in the forward line, should we go Hartley out, Tipper forward, and then bring in a forward rookie like Mitch McGovern? To that I say absolutely not. You're losing your DPP. You're taking... Um, you're completely restructuring your side, so you have to bring in another um, Mitch McGovern who might not play even a handful of games. Um, of course, the situation is different if you've got a mid that's not playing, like Ben Keyes, and you bring in a George Hewitt that is playing. You know, that, I can understand that. That's something that I've even done myself. Keyes will definitely play games this year. I mean, he's an absolute jet. But... You want... And the the midfield are the guys that really make you the most money. So if you think Hewitt's going to get a few games, just get him in. Um, You know, a lot of people jumping on Dunkley. You know, he's a first... I'm pretty sure he's a first-year player from last year's draft, pick around mid-20s or 30 or something like that. He had a good nab. He had a handful of tackles, like but I just don't see with... The Western Bulldogs have the best depth in this competition. They've got, a, from their 22nd player to their 25th player, any number of those guys can fill a spot. There's not many teams out there that have that.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. They, they are, You're right, it's so deep. Yeah. Um, and they're just one of those teams that in the next couple of years, like you saw they made the finals last year and got knocked out, but they are going to be a force.
0: Yeah. And, and
1: oh. Like the Bond and Libba. Stringer, all those guys
0: are gonna kill it. Yeah, Libber's still like 23, 24. Like, he's got the four years of best football before he hits his peak. Like, this dude, like, that that team, Western Bulldogs, look out for him, I reckon.
1: Yeah, better hope Libber peaks like he does on a Saturday night. Um,
0: <laughs> it's sca- better than Harley Bunnell on a Saturday night.
1: <laughs> no, Harley Bunnell's injured now,
0: so he's... Yeah, so all the more time for him to be going to clubs, I think. I know, he'll be out there <laughs> on it. Cracker uh, style.
1: Next question. I um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go with a blanket sort of blanket question here. There's been a lot of questions about Christian Petrarca and whether we should keep him in or out of the team. Mm. Um, I reckon, on my in my perspective, get him out for Hewitt. Yep. Uh, because round five or six, when Petrarca's back in, you've you got your cash cow ready to go. Um, you're going to put Petrarca in. You're going to make a heap of cash off him. It's actually a blessing and despite the reckon that this has happened. is going to go through the VFL. I think he played today, actually, so that he's, um, he's just getting his fitness back. And then he's going to be ripe and ready to go for you to, for you to chuck back in your team. So get him out at the moment, in my opinion. Get him out for yep. someone like George Hewitt or um, whoever you can get in. Gresham, anyone like that. And uh, then in round five or six, when he comes back, get Petrarca.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly right. And the thing with Petrarca is, um, if you have him out of your team and you bring him in on the... Because bu- remember, if he comes back round six, you're not bringing him in round six, you're bringing him in round eight or nine when he's on the oh, bubble. yeah, when, it, yeah, when he's, he's on the bubble. Yeah, yeah so, true. So, you know, you've got a, a heap of time to wait for him. You know, if he's back next week, you know, wait another week, get him in for someone that's not playing. Like, if you've got um, comma that has been on the emergencies three weeks in a row, just get rid of him. You know, like, and the thing with Petrarca is, you can bring him into midfield or forward. So there's no sense just locking him in somewhere for six six weeks or seven weeks, and then you know you could just bring him in wherever you want. You could you, you could find open up a DPP. You could swap him out for another guy that's been got a, a season long injury. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen in AFL in six weeks. So um, you know he could be back next week, and we're eating our words a bit, but. Um, yeah, at yeah. this at this stage there's no point picking someone we know isn't going to play for a couple of weeks in comparison to someone like um, Ben Keys we don't know when he's going to play yeah
1: that's that's correct so and, and guys like that Ben Keys and Petrarca and whatnot and yeah it's good to be able to have that option that when you know when they're going to play you can drop down to them so it's yeah it's good, it's good to have the flexibility
0: there yeah that's exactly right Um, What other good questions have we got? I've got, is Aaron Hall still a lock with the Suns' guns returning? I wouldn't have considered Aaron Hall a lock to begin with. He's a a very, very good one to be talking about. Yeah, Uh, never never was a lock. I don't don't think he's a lock. You've got to take it with a grain of salt. It was the nab. The end of last year, they played a few easy teams, got some few wins. And you've got to remember... Aaron Hall had one of the the biggest chasms in scorings between wins and losses. I think he averaged 130 in wins and only 65 or 69 in losses. You know, if if you perceive that he probably smashes the Bombers this week, whoop-de-doo, that game's only in his rolling average once. Yeah. You know, if he has two poor games after that, he, he, he might not make you any money and he might you might be stuck with this guy because at his price, he's not a... Um, mid pricer, and he's not guaranteed to become a premium. You know, I, you know, I'm more than happy to, um, I'm more than happy to 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 like if I'm if you make a mistake and he's averaging 130 across the first seven rounds a year, you go whoops, we made a mistake. Yeah. But if you no, know, if if Gold Coast are getting pumped and they've still got Abbott, they got Prestia, Jaeger's come back, Lonigan's getting that extra midfield time because he was picked up as a ball winning inside mid you know you got to remember halls like 27 now yes yeah, halls not a halls not a young bloke he's getting on he was he was picked up as a um a mature age rookie when he was like 25 playing um, footy in tassie yeah, you so. know like um a lot of people just see the points and they don't see the potential you That's know like they 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 go oh this you know this guy's gone 30 he's going to be he's going to average 130 for the year but when I'm talking about potential is like what actual potential does this footballer have? And I, yeah. do, I don't think he has the potential to become the next Ablett. I don't think he takes that role of running around and getting the cheap possessions that Ablett always gets. I don't think that's his role. No, that's
1: it. And, yeah, I think, yeah, NAB Cup, not not a good indicator. I know he did good at the end of last year, but that's without without those main guys in there so yeah not not a lot for me he never has been at the start of the year I know that a lot of people are high on him um I think he might he'll, he'll do should do
0: okay but yeah oh yeah I've got no no problems with someone picking him for, from my perspective I saw more value in going the Wells the Carriages, the Kennedys the Simpkins the Maleras that I just didn't have room at F3 or F4 for someone like Hall
1: Yeah, exactly um
0: Set up. I think it pretty much does um, wrap it up from this start. I think uh, Will Gorn come close to Goldie this year. Mm, I, don't, I that's too much of a tough question. They're both really really good ruckmen. Gorn smashed a whole heap of VFL ruck, rucking records a few years ago. And I'm I'm disappointed that they chose him to play last year because if he'd, you know, if he just played the nab this year and they no one knew about him, he would just been the best point of difference. Oh no. So good. Uh, but, uh, I could. I remember talking about him at the start of last year, sitting him at F two, going play, 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 and then when he wasn't in round one, i you know, that was game over. Yeah, my yeah. round one team last year was basically just chaos, as you can probably tell from the podcast. <laughs> the hour and a half or whatever they've been going for, two hours. You know, quality content is what we're after, Houston. That's all we need. I know. <laughs> that's uh, all. All that matters. I so. missed the football
1: need <laughs> <Me> to <laughs> no it's good it's back it's, um, it was a good game last night and there
0: will be good games going forward that's so exactly right round one's back in action Dr. Supercoach back all over live scores um, a heap of new content coming to the page and uh, really looking forward podcasts. to everything that comes with this year yeah podcasts as well
1: first times this is our first podcast, so thanks if you listen
0: all the way through as well. Don't forget to pick us up next week because we'll be uh, after the next podcast. We'll be on the bubble, and we'll be starting to make you cash from there on out during the season when you hear our voice. <laughs> all right, signing off from the Doc Supercoach Group. This is Cheese Owen Houston. We'll see you next time. Later.